Yes, what is cracking, y'all? Welcome to The Chosen Ones. I'm your host, Joseph Richard Powell. I will be interviewing incredible human beings who are making an impact, living a life they love, and are hella good at what they do. From base camp to the peak of success, we are closing the gap between life barely lived to life on fire. Let's go. Hello, Grace. Hi, Joe. It is nice to see you again. Nice to see you again. Before we jump into this, I want to give our listeners and possibly viewers a little pretext and just a disclaimer that you and I have met before in Mm -hmm. a beautiful place called Nicaragua. And at that time, I was filming a television show pilot, which actually, believe it or not, I've never even followed up with you on that. It's just being finished editing now with Delaney. Nice. I was thinking about that yesterday. I'm like, whatever happened to that show? I know. There's probably a few people who were in that show who were like, who were those two Canadian dudes and what were they up to? (laughs) I've thought about that a few times, but it just took forever. He's a busy guy with the editing and it's just such a process and me being busy in my world. But anyways, it is in the works. I did also end up buying a little piece of land not far from you in Nicaragua. So we're actually neighbors, but there's nothing on it at this time. But I want to go plant some lemon trees at some point, at least, or some avocado trees. Where is it? You know what? It's down by the water, but I'm trying to even remember. It's probably about a 20-minute, 15-minute drive from where you were. Like, just remembering that we had drove, but it's pretty close. Yeah. So, like, Nalawapa. Yeah. In that, Probably in Alawapa. Yeah. yeah. I'll have mm-hmm. to get some more information, but hopefully we plan to build on it at some point. But anyways. That's point, great. P- point of the story is we do know each other. <laughs> and actually, when we were shooting the pilot for the show, we were interviewing people in the area, especially entrepreneurs and people who were running businesses and people who, Canadians and from other parts of the world who are going to Nicaragua to, the show was real estate based, so we really wanted to put a spotlight on the area. And that's when, Mm -hmm. I can't remember how I was first introduced to you, if someone had definitely put us in touch when I was looking for people to talk to in Nicaragua. But when I came to meet you, it was incredible. Like we did this thing and you did this pitch and you talked about what you were doing there and it absolutely blew my mind and you were great on the video and I hope it gets out there at some point. But I do have a glimpse into the world of what you're doing, currently living in Nicaragua and what you're doing there. I did a short intro about you to start, but I would prefer to hear it in your own words because you're a much better speaker than I am to begin with. But I think you can really explain to people what you're up to. So I thought a great place to start would just be introducing who you are and what you're up to currently. Okay, great. Yeah, my name is Grace. Um, I'm a holistic nutritionist and a lifestyle and health coach. I've been a nutritionist for 15 years and I specialize in therapeutic yoga for the last 11 years. And four years ago, I decided that I wanted to build my own wellness center and I started the journey of construction. I bought a piece of dirt in the middle of northern Nicaragua with no grass, no trees, no buildings, didn't speak the language. I was a white woman by myself and I attempted to build my center. It's been very adventurous. It's been very challenging, but it's my fourth year of business now. And I mean, I'm currently dealing with the challenges of 
the world situation and what's going on, but we can talk about that later. But there's always, you know, something going on. Uh, now I have five buildings that I've built with different construction crews. Oh, I have a thriving garden. I took my dad out of an old age home from Canada who has Alzheimer's and decided I wanted him to spend his last few years here in nature with me. I think me. I met him briefly when we were there actually yeah. that, that day. Yeah. Yeah, probably. That's an incredible story that you have. We can get into that as well, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so now I have my wellness center here, which I like to call a self-care center because I teach people how to care for their bodies, their minds, and their spirit. I have different types of experiences going on here. You know, we have our retreat experience. We have longer stays. We have transformational stays that are, you know, where people come to lose more weight or let's say... We just had a client who left here healing from chemotherapy. So lots of different things going on here, but we are centered around healing, health transformation, and life transformation. That is, it's incredible to hear. And I just want to add to that in this day and age, how much we hear, you know, the word health transformation and life transformation and these things get thrown around, as you know, so, so much these days, but it's almost like we need a new word for what you do because you really do it, you know, to a level of the stories that I see you share on your social media and actually just being there to see what was really going on. I just feel like saying like it's a transformational destination is it's exactly that. But because that term gets used so much, I just feel like we need to find something new for, for you because it really is. It was one of the biggest eye-openers for me when I learned what you were doing in the sense of what that world actually looks like from the inside. To mm-hmm. like the idea that, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but just taking the concept from what I've learned about you so far, but bringing these people to your location, which in this area of Nicaragua, just to quickly touch on the northern part of Nicaragua, it is like you have the whole planet to yourself. It's absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Like this just... Mm-hmm. If you want to get away, like I'm looking, I'm in the center of the Vancouver core right now and it's chaos. (laughs) And it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, I've never been to a place like northern Nicaragua where it's just so quiet like that. And to have a retreat like that where you are when we came to visit you with with these few buildings that you have there and everything you do, but specifically that you are there living and this is your home and you're bringing these people into your home essentially Mm -hmm. and you are a part of this lifestyle, like... Part of me feels like I've been curious to ask you this for quite a while since I've learned what you what you do, but me being an empath, which I've learned in my interesting journey over the past few years of which was such a an eye opener for me in terms of my energy and how it has always been affected in my life and how I need to work on protecting that, but just being sensitive to a lot of things. I feel like living in that world myself would be very heavy. Now I know there's a lot of light, everything you're doing is absolutely fantastic, but I feel like the people who you're working with a lot of times, like you were talking about if they're dealing with cancer or doing chemotherapy treatment, like it's a Mm -hmm. pretty heavy place for some people to live in. Mm -hmm. And for you Mm -hmm. to take that on is such an incredible thing. And I know your spirit and I know who you are as a human being. And I think just having Mm -hmm. someone like you in these people's lives at that time is such a healer itself. And just Mm -hmm. how optimistic you are with life and then adding in, you know, the elements of, the nutrition factors and the lifestyle and everything that you're adding in there as well. I'm just curious to, it must be natural for you to do it for a living, but how is that as a lifestyle when you're living with these people and you're 
you know, creating these meal plans and doing yoga and all these things, but to have these people essentially in your home. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. It's been hard for me and good lessons for me with boundaries. And I am an empath too, you know, and I take on a lot of people's pain, but over the years I've learned it's not my role to take on their pain. You know, I'm here to support them and guide them. And throughout that process, I have to remember to take care of myself. I have to be a living embodiment of what I'm teaching people, and that's self-care. So I need to make sure that I'm eating well. I need to make sure that I'm taking care of my physical body. I need to make sure I'm taking care of my mental body so that I can hold space, a strong, supportive, and authentic space for these people who are coming to heal. So that's been really important for me throughout my journey of, you know, creating a self-care center is I need to take care of me too. I find it with coaching myself and doing fun things like challenges and 5 a.m. club and all this stuff. It's a Mm -hmm. great way for discipline for yourself. You know, I know Mm -hmm. like I do like a 6 a.m. email, for example, and just the fact Mm -hmm. that I know that I have to do that at that point in the day, it helps me to stay accountable as well mm-hmm. in the sense of, you know, that yeah. I'm doing this for other people. It's kind of a, if you want to be self, <laughs> selfish about it in one aspect, but that was something I've learned. Yeah. And I mean, touching upon your point about like being a healer, um, I don't think of myself as a healer and I don't like that term healer. I'm not a healer at all. I'm just there to guide people to their own healing. Everyone heals themselves, but people forget that or they didn't even know that it was possible that they could heal themselves. So Mm -hmm. I'm just there to hold somebody's hand energetically and maybe physically and say, you know, when we practice these lifestyle habits and we become stronger and more empowered, the body will come to a place of healing. And, you know, when I remind myself that I'm not a healer too, that helps me hold this space for people. It's not my responsibility to heal people. It's it's up to them to heal themselves and open up to the power of themselves and open up to the possibilities of healing themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And that's such an empowering perspective to have and to give people that they do have mm-hmm. that that opportunity that, you know, we have to do the work essentially ourselves. But mm-hmm. yeah, and you have a ton of incredible success stories that I see that you share mm-hmm. of people, you know, healing. And your father is a great example of that, of bringing him mm-hmm. with you where you're living and living that lifestyle. And mm-hmm. it's just really incredible. And even I've reached out to you personally in the last couple of years with having friends, you know, mid-30s, early 30s being diagnosed with cancer and... Mm-hmm reaching out to them and my stepdad who not too long ago passed away from lung cancer and cancer just been a big part of my life and my family's. But yeah, I know that personally when I felt like I really wanted to do what I could for people who I cared about, you were the first person who came to mind in the sense of, you know, living this world and doing what they can. And you've really helped with providing resources for free during those times and, you know, can tell that it really is something in the sense of you just really wanting to do being passionate about that. So appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, I just, everyone has that healing power within them. You know, we're much more powerful than we're ever taught. And for most of my life, I did not know how powerful I was. Like I came from a very bad childhood. And when I started to discover on my healing journey how powerful I actually really was, I realized like, as human beings, we need to know this. We're not taught this in school. We're not taught how to eat and how to live and how to take control of our future and our lives. And we have full control of what our our future could look like and our health can look like. So I realized that I really wanted to teach people that. So Uh you were just segueing into a 
great direction that I was hoping that we could go because with this show, a lot of times we talk about what you're up to and this is the most Mm -hmm. important part of it, of course. But Mm -hmm. I want to do something a little bit different on this journey that we're going to take the listeners through in terms of how this incredible human being by the name of Grace came to be this person who is now living in Nicaragua. Like, let's kind of bridge that gap of who you are here. You've always been that person, but like, tell us a little Mm -hmm. bit about the journey for people who might be, who might be able to resonate because, you know, we all start from a harder place before we get where we want to go. And I really want to encourage people to take these similar paths that people like you have chosen who are changing the world, in my opinion. So I just really want to... Mm you know, on that level, if you don't mind, kind of however you want yeah. to, let's hear a little bit about young Grace or baby Grace. Right, right. <laughs> My story has a, um, you know, how I was brought into this world is quite intense and challenging and traumatic. I grew up in an abusive environment when I was younger. And because of that, I was in and out of foster homes to the age of 10. After that, well, because of that, I developed addictions at a very young age. So uh, from the age of four was my first addiction, and that was sugar. And I discovered at a very young age that when I ate copious amounts of sugar, I would get really high from sugar. And that would actually, that was a survival mechanism on (laughs) my part, because it was like an invisible barrier for me. When I was super high off of sugar at four years old, I realized that I could take on abuse more. So it was interesting that I discovered that at a young age. And then as I got older, my sugar addictions turned to food addictions. And I got great pleasure from eating copious amounts of food to numb my emotions and my feelings and my feelings of pain and despair. As I got a little bit older, as an older teenager, my food addictions turned into eating disorders where I discovered I could still continue to eat copious amounts of food and then throw it up and not gain weight. As I got older, my disordered food addictions turned into alcohol and drug addictions. And I discovered when I did drugs and alcohol that suddenly I wasn't obsessed with food and I was also numbing my feelings of pain and despair. Throughout my journey, I have nearly died a few times. I've hit rock bottoms, and every time I hit one rock bottom and kind of crawled my way out to more addictions, then I would have another rock bottom. And every time you go into a rock bottom, it just gets harder and harder. And, you know, one day I just had this epiphany in my, you know, wasted stupor that if I didn't change what I was doing, I was going to die or I was going to lead a very miserable life. So by the grace of God, really, I'm not religious, but it was just, thank God I had this moment of clarity and this moment of courage, really, because I decided that I had explored and exhausted all ways of dealing with my pain that obviously weren't working. So I realized that I needed to explore, I needed to face my pain. And that's something I never done. I always ran from it. And facing my pain, just because I had this epiphany, it wasn't easy. It was one of the hardest and scariest times in my life because to face my pain, you have to kind of relive the pain. And I had to go back to my childhood to relive a lot of things to be able to release it and also to be able to forgive myself because that's a big component to healing, especially healing from childhood trauma or even adult trauma for that matter. But you, we have to be willing to forgive ourselves. You know, I had to be willing to forgive my abuser, which is not always 
easy. It was a lot of years of peeling back the layers to expose my raw pain and figure out how to transcend it. And you know, this is the healthiest and happiest I've ever been in my own life because I feel in control of my life. You know, I'm not a victim anymore. I choose how I want to feel and I choose my route in life, which is healing in itself. But it is a daily practice. You know, I constantly have to check in with myself and check in with my boundaries and check in with what I'm surrounding myself in and how I'm taking care of my physical organism and how I'm managing my own energy and making sure that I am always, you know, loving myself and taking care of myself, which is really the essence of my business. But I guess what I'm trying to say here is that my biggest component to healing and overcoming all of this pain has been learning how to love myself because I realized as I started this health journey and trying to heal myself physically at first and then my emotional stuff, I realized that I didn't love myself, that I, in fact, strongly despised myself and hated myself. And that's just what I learned. From a young child, I was told my life didn't matter. And from a young child, I was told that my life wasn't worth it. So that was imposed on me and I was brainwashed into thinking that was true. So I had to go down that route of realizing it's not true. That was just put on me and that I was worthy of life and that I did have a lot to offer and that I had to figure out how to love myself. And I think the hardest part about that was I didn't even know what that looked like. When I realized like, wow, I really do hate myself, so I got to learn how to love myself, it's not easy. It's not easy because I was like, what does that even mean to love myself? I didn't know what that meant, which is so screwed up, you know? Mm -hmm. So I had to, like in the beginning, especially, I didn't even feel that I was worthy of receiving my own love, which is crazy. So yeah, I had to go through that path. And then, you know, and then I ended up going to nutrition school, went back to school for that. And I just realized like, wow, like I'm in such a different person and I'm in this really good, positive place, you know, and I mean, life isn't always positive, but at least I am, I'm able to navigate myself through my own pains now, which I couldn't do before. And I realized we need to learn this as humans. And like, wow, if I can help somebody else go through this process of learning to love yourself, then it'll make my pain worth it. And that's what I've realized, like everything that I've gone through as a child and as a young adult you know, has been for a reason. And I feel like we all have our stuff and we need to overcome our stuff and heal ourselves and take that information and help others with that information. I really think that's the meaning of life, really, because we all have different things that, you know, we need to heal in our own lives. 100%. Such an incredible story. And especially to take that and turn it into what you do now. Because... Mm -hmm. You know, here there's a lot of issues going on in Vancouver and, and everywhere in the world, but, you know, drug addiction and opioid crisis is a big one here. And I'm yeah. just very sensitive. A lot of things that you talked about, I can relate. I've been down that path. I find it kind of funny how, not funny in the sense, but personally, I would run into these situations where something's kind of speaking to me in the sense of you need to make a change. And, you know, I wouldn't listen, whether it's, you know, if I'm drinking and I have a night out and I say, oh, I'm never drinking again, or, you know, you quit for six months and then, you know, of course you keep doing it and doing it, but eventually you get to a point, or I did, where you do hit that breaking point and you hit that rock bottom. And in the first episode, I just talk a little bit about my own story and it's, you know, 
me hitting rock bottom myself and that being the final message and the final realization of, okay, like enough's enough. And it really was a very distinct moment in my life of making that shift. And it's only actually been, I think, three years ago now. And how much my life has changed in those three years is just incredible. But it's so easy for people to judge people, I find, who may not be able to relate when it comes to things like opioid crisis and drug addiction. Mm -hmm. And even people in prison in a lot of cases of, it's incredible how... 90% of the time, the stories from those people, if you learn about them from what they've been through, maybe as a child or from a younger age, it makes absolutely perfect sense to me how you could end up on the wrong path. And it's Mm -hmm. just, it boggles my mind how we're so quick to judge people for having a drug addiction or for being in prison and totally dismissing the fact of what they have been through that has put them in that place. Because no one wants to be dealing with these issues. No one wants to hurt other people and be in prison for these reasons. And the fact that we don't spend more time on mental health and figuring out what these things are, Mm -hmm. it really is kind of a passion project for me and moving into a lot of activism lately. But I think we need to give a lot of credit to people like yourself who, because at that age, it's so easy to then have a trajectory in our life that we travel a path that isn't healthy for us or helpful for us and let alone helping other people. So the fact that you were able to turn that into what you've turned it into is just one of the most beautiful things. And a big part of talking to people like you is because there are so many people who are coming from a similar place and it seems so far away to evolve into this type of person. But in most Mm -hmm. cases, it's people with stories like yours and stories like mine who do become these people. And I think, I don't know if it's Tony Robbins, but someone talks about your pathway to power and how Mm -hmm. perhaps the hardest thing you've ever been through in some cases is the best thing that ever happens to us. Otherwise, we never would have, you know, if I didn't experience my life in the way that I did, I never would be where I am today. So the things that set me to want to make some big changes in my life, I'm very grateful for those things because mm-hmm. otherwise, you know, it really just woke me up in that sense. So, right. yeah. It's an- and for me, like, oh, sorry to no, interrupt. No, no. I think for me, you know, I knew that I couldn't be fully healed and let this be a part of my past if I didn't figure out how not to be a victim. That's what was holding me back. I was in this angry mode and this victim mode. And eventually I came to know that I wouldn't be able to release the anger of what my past was. If I wasn't able to release the anger, then I wouldn't be able to move on. I'd always be stuck in a place of feeling like a victim. So a big part of me of not being a victim anymore and releasing the anger was figuring out how to be grateful every day. And I realized I couldn't be grateful for every day if I wasn't able to be grateful for my past. So that doesn't just happen like that. I had to figure this all out. But for me to be grateful today, here and now, is I need to be able to be grateful for my past because my past is what got me to this moment. And I'm also able to turn the pain from my past into something that is helping others. You know, so it's all connected there, but I wasn't able to really fully leave that behind me until I was okay with it. I couldn't run from it anymore. I had to face it. I had to forgive. And now I'm grateful for everything. I truly am because I wouldn't have the experience or the knowledge that I have now if I wasn't able to transcend it. I wouldn't be able to help others. I wouldn't have the life I have now if it wasn't for all the pain that I've gone through. So I truly am grateful for yeah. everything. And, and that and, journey. Yeah. 
that journey is, you know, it's an interesting one. <laughs> the, you know, for you to be able to sit here and say, you know, I had to forgive and I had to heal and I had to go through these stages, to be able to say that is one thing, but to go through that process, mm-hmm. you know, it's such a journey and it's every day mm-hmm. and, you know, mm-hmm. and it, we're always just working on ourselves. And that yeah. the thing for myself is, I've just had a friend who is on social media talking about he's currently dealing with overcoming a, a pretty serious drug addiction and he had wrote mm-hmm. some comments and I just reached out to him about, you know, he was talking about now that he's overcoming it, he wants to help other people. And I just wanted to say yeah. to him how incredible that is to, first of all, how proud of him I was that he's overcoming it, but even more so how happy I am that he's seeing the bigger picture in that mm-hmm. he's now here to use, you know, what he has survived to help other people to do the same The best way to shift energy and to really keep the momentum going forward is to help others. And, you know, a lot of times people say, well, like they're very depressed or anxious or don't know how to shift into a place of forgiveness. And I think the best way is to serve others and help people who need help. And by serving others, we're able to shift the energy and not make it about ourselves, right? Because a lot of times we get stuck because we do make it all about ourselves. And, you know, yes, we've all been through pain. But if we can help somebody else and help elevate them and uh, give them the help and the love and the support that they need, that often helps us in return. I agree 100%. I think the secret Mm -hmm. to happiness and fulfillment is helping others as well. I just talked about that in the last episode that... That's really the biggest realization I've had is, you know, and that's why you see people, multi-billionaires and millionaires who get to an age of 50 or 60 years old and then give it all away. You know, if I think eventually yeah. we get to a point where, you know, there's some things that money and success just can't fill. And I think when you do mm-hmm. start helping others and you make a great point about depression and anxiety and all of these things of how learning from my journeys into NLP of how important perspective is. Depression is, there's so many, it's such a spectrum and it's such a conversation. We won't, I won't get into it here, Mm -hmm. but one interesting Uh idea I've heard on it uh, from Richard Bandler, who's co-creator of NLP of how sometimes if we are depressed, our perspective becomes so narrow that we can't see anything else except Mm -hmm. for exactly that. You make such a great Mm -hmm. point about if we take that away from ourselves and we focus on helping people, like for me is a great example is public speaking. I am Mm -hmm. terrified. (laughs) Even though I have this idea, it doesn't really help. I'm still scared when I do it. But if I think about my message and getting it out there and how important it is to serve Mm -hmm. others, it takes it away as opposed to, I'm so scared. I can't do this. Me, 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 Mm -hmm. I, I, I. When you start thinking about other people, it really does Mm -hmm. shift your whole perspective. So I can really relate Mm -hmm. to to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. Well, you're a great speaker, by the way. Well, yeah, you should see me. In- <laughs> I was just thinking that as you were talking. I'm like, oh, he's very articulate. And- oh, geez. Yeah. I'll take the compliments. I'm- but uh, pretty yeah. much my first episode mm-hmm. was just myself telling people what to expect and how like this is going to be as authentic <laughs> as possible. And sometimes I don't know yeah. the meaning of words that I use. <laughs> so there's a whole lot of that. But um <laughs> No, I'm so glad that we're talking and I know that we share a lot of similar views and your story is so incredible. Mm -hmm. So was it a case when you decided to travel this path? Did that happen after high school? Like, were you ever in the corporate world and then one day you said, this is not my path? Or was it right out of school, you got into nutrition and you started traveling this path that you're currently on? No, I was, I started my healing path at age 30. Okay. So I'm nearly 48 in two weeks. So it's been a while, but at that point I was hardcore partying and 
doing lots of drugs and drinking lots and never sleeping and living the uh, downtown Toronto party life. And T-Dot, represent. Yeah. I just have to say, um, I'm going to cut you off here for one quick second. For anyone who's not watching mm-hmm. the video, if you have a look at Grace, to say that she's mm-hmm. uh, far from far from 48 is, is is an understatement with how like healthy you look and vibrant. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like you're such a walking testimony for yourself and your own work of like us side by side. I feel like <laughs> like I need to be, you know, it's, it's incredible how you take care of yourself, what it can do for you. And it's really... Uh, I didn't know how old you were, so it's, that just blows my uh-huh. mind, and it's a perfect example uh-huh. of taking care of yourself. So, uh-huh. thank but. you. Yeah, so I was at the time I was bartending, you know, just living the party life, like I said. So at that point, it came to a certain point where my body was not functioning well because I was never sleeping and I was always high on something and always drinking. So I realized I had to. It was either go to rehab or like stop doing it. So I discovered nutrition school and I kind of became sober myself, which is not recommended because it was really hard thing to do. But I immersed myself in school and uh, started learning about nutrition and educating myself on health just to get my body back into working shape. And yeah, and then everything, you know, years later, I became a yoga teacher. And, you know, I'm always looking at ways to learn more about myself and learn more about health and learn more about, you know, our internal organs and the brain and mitochondria. And that's where I am now. I wasn't in the corporate world. I was just basically went from party world to health world out of necessity. Otherwise, I knew I was going to die at some point. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. again, I can relate to, I think it was a point of like, I want to make this shift and where do you start? And it was just this, you know, picked up a Tony Robbins book, of course, as most people do and just started this path. Mm -hmm. And then it just, it's amazing where you kind of end up. You know, when you hit rock bottom, it can be this really beautiful experience, right? Because it kind of breaks you open. So there's no, at that point for me, the way I describe it, there was nowhere else for me to go. Like I was like really down in the ground. So the only way I could get myself out was, I mean, it kind of broke me open so I could see the light and started me on my path of healing. Mm -hmm. And when you're going through it, you definitely wouldn't say that because you're going through immense pain and hardships and every day is a struggle to make it through the day. But looking back, and I think anybody who recovers from a rock bottom will say the same thing. Hitting the rock bottom was the best thing that could have ever happened to them because they found this path of where they are now. So I wanted to ask, do you remember, was there kind of a distinct moment when you decided that you were going to, like in terms of some pretext for why I'm asking the question of when people, there's a lot of people who are struggling with figuring out what they want to be doing with their life and they're passionate and they're motivated, but they don't necessarily know the direction. Was there a defining moment for you when you decided to change paths, like aside from the rock bottom, but like maybe getting into the world of nutrition and leaving bartending where you like, you know what, this is what I want to do. Do you, was there a defining moment there where you decided, okay, like I need to change my path and, and yeah, there was, I mean, I had a specific moment where I remember looking in the mirror and I didn't recognize myself and I was smoking a cigarette, which is something I wouldn't be doing, you know, in this life now. And Yeah, I remember just smoking a cigarette and looking myself in the mirror and not recognizing myself. I just kind of had that moment of like, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing? Like, am I just going to keep doing this for the rest of my life? And I'm like, I need to, it was just a moment of clarity and despair too and sadness because I was, 
I didn't feel good about myself, you know, and especially coming down off of drugs, you're just feeling extra crappy. So, I mean, the biggest thing for me at that point, I had a very big drug addiction at that point, And I realized that a big reason why I love doing drugs all the time is I wasn't thinking about food. And if you remember back to the beginning of my story is I had food addictions from a very young age. I hated who I was. I hated my body. And I was like, I was really scared that if I got sober from drugs and alcohol, that I would go back to my eating disorders. And I'm like, I can't go back to that way of living where I was obsessed with food all the time and what I was going to eat and what I was going to eat in secret and where I was going to throw up and how much I hated myself for doing it. And it was just this horrible cycle. So I knew it wasn't just about getting sober from drugs, but going deeper than that, like I need to heal my relationship to food and I need to heal my relationship with myself because if I truly love myself, I wouldn't be disrespecting my body with these, you know, bad habits and bad eating binges and whatnot. So that's, you know, one thing led to another. And I realized, okay, like when you tell the universe you want healing and you kind of surrender that you don't have the answers anymore and you need a new way of living, the universe will provide that for you. So the universe presented me, I was looking online about how to like heal the liver and colon. And, you know, I was having a lot of problems um, because I was doing so much drugs at that time. And then I discovered nutrition school. And then I found this advertisement for learning about holistic nutrition. I was like, oh my God, how amazing would that be to learn how to eat? Like, I don't know how to eat. And that's why I love drugs, like I said, because I didn't have to think about, I never ate when I was doing drugs. Yeah, I went in for an interview. just such an interesting realization that you had that just stuck out to me of like, I don't know how to eat. And it's like, nobody does. And the rules that we are told to follow in a lot of cases are not the right way to eat. (laughs) Something so basic, right? Yeah. And then that's what I realized, like fast forward when I graduated from school and I, you know, I learned how to eat and what food does to your body and how it affects your blood sugar and your brain and your liver and how to eat for different stages of your life. And where does your food come from and how does it get to your plate? You know, I learned all these things, how to heal diseases. And, you know, at the end of my schooling, when I graduated, I realized oh my God, like, I wish I learned this earlier in my life. Like this information has not only changed my life, but it saved my life. And then I realized everyone needs to learn this. We should have been taught this in grade one and two, three, four, five, six, you know, and we don't know this. And people, although my story seems unique to me, I realized there were so many elements of my story of food addictions and emotional eating and not knowing how to eat and how food can cause disease or heal disease and being addicted to substances and, you know, lacking self-worth and not knowing how to love yourself. I realized there were so many elements of my story that, everyone can connect to. And I'm like, we need to learn this and we need to learn how to take care of our physical vessel first before we can get more into the I was just going to ask that. If knowing what you do and if people just, for example, come and do one of your programs, let's say if it's for eating better or if someone's overweight and they want to change their diet, I wanted to ask you because you've been through this and you know Mm -hmm. the importance of, like we were saying with addiction and all of these things, you know, it's not just because necessarily someone loves food, it's just that's one coping mechanism and then you move to other ones. So I wanted to ask, is there an element of, okay, there is at some point here, we want to go deeper and get behind the reason of the eating problem and this kind of stuff as well. Yeah. I mean, I get, I would say three quarters of the people that come here are emotional eaters. And because I'm so food focused here, most people come here and they don't know how to eat. That's why they're coming for some help or they don't eat vegetables or they overeat or, you know, they're not eating the right things. So 
Yeah, I mean, my main thing here first is let's take care of your physical organism first. Let's give your body everything that it needs and take out the things that your body doesn't need that's causing inflammation, let's say. And from there, you're more able to make better choices. For example, I get a lot of emotional eaters who tell me, you know, they're not eating all day and they're stressed. And then at nighttime, they overeat and then they're eating all the crappy foods. And here, what we do is a big thing is stabilizing your blood sugar. Because when your blood sugar is stable, A, your mood is better. B, you're able to make better decisions. And C, that urge to overeat at nighttime goes away because you have stabilized blood sugar throughout the day. So once we start to do that, it becomes easier to take care of your health and also the weight will melt off and you'll feel better and you have more energy and you sleep better and your hormones start to become more imbalanced but a lot of people don't even know how to balance their blood sugar or they think because they want to lose weight let's say they think not eating all day is going to be a good thing and then they just overeat at night and not eating all day is yeah. not a good thing right especially and when even, we're uh, stressed out so for those a b and c that you just mentioned it's like those are things that we should be learning in school the importance of like how you eat is going to affect mm -hmm. your blood sugar levels and your emotions and how you react to people and like anger and all of these things like how important you know of course what we're putting in our body but learning the basics like that it makes it so simple to understand the importance of a healthy diet right and we don't learn the basic function of the body and the immune system and how our organs work like i don't feel that a lot of what we typically learn in school is practical information on how to live a healthier happier and a life that is filled with vitality and you know we need to be learning those things so you know even now i always jump to youth because i'm very passionate about our future generations have you ever thought about, like, I know with mm -hmm. your incredible programs, but even just a knowledge-based program, like, you have an incredible gift of explaining things in a way. You know, sometimes I get an email, like, if I'm taking on guests for this podcast, and I'll get an email from someone, and it's three pages of them explaining kind of what they do. And there's a gift in messages and messaging. Mm -hmm. And you have this incredible way of mm -hmm. getting a point across in such a simple form that people say, that makes so much sense. Like, you've already done that a couple times on this podcast mm -hmm. that I've heard. Like, the way that you say it, it makes it just so straightforward. And it is that straightforward. But, of course, with the information era, we're so good at making things more complicated than, than they needed to be. Have you ever thought about creating some sort of educational program for youth? that should be like taught in schools in the sense of, because when it comes to nutrition and taking care of yourself, you are the top of the class in terms of like the people who really know, who are knowledgeable, who have done the research. And you have these programs for adults and like I do with helping people discover purpose and figure out what they want to do and see their potential and perform better in life. I take those same concepts and I try to apply them in a similar approach with youth and I do some programs. I think like, Everything you're saying is something mm -hmm. that I wish deeply that I had learned in school about, you know, as opposed to the four food groups and milk's, <laughs> milk's good for you and, you know, and all these things. Yeah. So I, I'm just mm -hmm. curious if you've ever thought about that. And that could be such a powerful thing for youth to be learning on that level. Yeah, that's a great idea. I haven't thought about it at that level. I mean, I love working with kids. It's a passion of mine, especially because... I went through so much pain as a child and as a teenager. And at that time, there wasn't really anybody that was able to support me through my hard time. So I'm very drawn to helping kids who are struggling and 
you know, have gone through their own pain and challenging experiences. I'm starting to get more and more teenagers coming here. Like I just had a 17 year old that was here. Yep. In fact, last weekend I had a couple families come here with their kids all the way from age, I think it was four to age 12. And we did family yoga together and then they had a family meal here together. So that's nice. So I am, I do work with kids more and more and I'm very drawn to helping children. In fact, that's why I want to adopt. I'm very, I feel very strongly about adopting. Yeah. And adopting a child or children from orphanages just because I've gone through the whole foster home stuff. So, you know, I really want to help other kids who have been put into homes or or places, not because it's their fault, obviously, but because of the circumstance Mm -hmm. they were born into. And that's, that will be the next stage of my life is giving back to kids who you know, are going through. And and sharing that message of that you had to learn to love yourself. You get told this thing and you feel this Mm -hmm. way. And, you know, what I find amazing Mm -hmm. with youth, aside from their incredible energy, like when you go in a classroom of high school students, I was an exception in high school. I was the kid who was like, I was a horrible student myself. But these days, the energy is so incredible, I find with youth. And they're so interested in learning. It's more so the issue. Originally, Mm -hmm. when I got involved with the first program I did here with YWCA, which was to help grade sevens transition into high school. And I thought the problem's going to mm-hmm. be that they're not interested. They're young. They want to have fun. They don't care about personal development and growing. And that was my mindset going in. And within the first day, I realized the way that these students were learning and wanting to learn and how like they were soaking this stuff in. And I've realized that in every program I've mm-hmm. done since they want to learn. The problem is the right information isn't there. So for people like you, like the experts, like that's such a great opportunity, like for both of those reasons, like helping in any of those areas. And you already have the secret, you figured it all out. So now it's almost like packaging it in a way to deliver it to youth. And what I find doing it in a bit more of a fun way, a bit more interactive, but the same ideas, you know, to help them Mm -hmm. save 30 years Mm -hmm. of their lives that you and I took to learn to figure out what we had to. And of course, Life experience is a big part of it, Mm -hmm. and the teacher doesn't appear until the student's ready. There's all that stuff, but there are a few students in there who do want Mm -hmm. that knowledge. There is another thing I want to ask you just about that popped in my head, kind of a concept that I've been stumbling across lately in the sense of, and again, learning from my own journey of, I have a very addictive personality. I've learned about myself, and... I've spent a lot of time Mm -hmm. in the past few years going back and just really figuring out my whole life. And I was raised well. I have fantastic parents. They got divorced, but, you know, essentially, like, they did a good job raising me. But Mm -hmm. somewhere along the line, I did get into drinking and alcohol and learning about Mm -hmm. who I am as a human being with having these a very addictive personality where it's like, okay, we're talking, like, serious drugs. I need to be careful here because I know who I am and... I've also learned quitting drinking, and for a short stint, I moved into food, and very quickly I said, okay, I can see how this happens. I've never been an eater, and like I've always eaten, again, I say well, but by the standards of like, you would see my diet, and you'd be like, you do not eat well. But I don't eat horrible, but I did, for the first time, realize in my life when I stopped drinking, I started eating snacks more. And then Mm -hmm. I was like, wait a minute, now I see how this works. It's like I'm just feeding that same thing Mm -hmm. that was behind the scenes. Now... You mentioned something about you were into mm-hmm. sugar when you were a lot younger and you have and you have the story for why, you know, mm-hmm. you were using these things essentially to, you know, the reasons behind using them. I have a nephew Cohen, I think he's 5 now, who and he's hilarious and this kid eats sugar. He will like he'll steal all the sugar in the cupboard mm-hmm. and he'll go run and hide under his bed and eat it as quickly as possible until it's gone. 
So mm-hmm. I want to ask you, it is hilarious. Like you'll see his feet, like, you know, he thinks he's hiding, but he's totally mm-hmm. busted. But like a level of eating sugar where it's like, mm-hmm. you know, my sister, she's like, okay, this is, uh, we got to keep an eye on this. And going back to the story about my friend in the social media post, I forgot to mention this when I did talk about that is I also mentioned how I could really relate to his story and about having this addictive personality, but using it in a way, because now like I'm still obsessed with stuff and whether that's OCD or ADHD, whatever, there's, there are elements where I still have that same personality, Mm -hmm. but when I put it towards personal development, Mm -hmm. it changed my life and not even in a, in a necessarily Mm -hmm. a healthy way. I'm still obsessed with working. You know, I still have my vices, but they're not as self-destructive as Mm -hmm. they once were. I just find People with these addictive personalities, who I call the chosen ones, I think that is an element of a lot of us in the sense of we have this hunger that motivates us and pushes us to do more and want to be more. And I think that's part of it. And I think the secret is using that personality in a way that serves us. So finding out what is your purpose and Mm -hmm. then just running at it, you know, like you're on fire, like just going for it for the whole thing. I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are mm-hmm. with your research about, do you believe that it is just like an addictive personality? Or do you think it's a case where even if I say my story, like I drank in high school, I was raised in a bar, my parents were entrepreneurs, they owned a bar and my dad sung. You know, I wasn't around drinking. It wasn't like there, I don't remember any specific reason why I started getting into, you know, to become a, like, it was just kind of in my high school. I didn't grow up in the greatest area. The, it was a small town. The school was very rough and just so happened the crowd I fell into, we just drank and we did drugs and like there was no specific thing. I've been trying to learn about myself as Mm -hmm. to whether, is there something there that I'm not seeing or is it just simply that I do have this addictive personality? I'd be curious just with your story, like being at a very young age and starting with sugar, was that just specifically a coping mechanism? Do you feel like you have this element of addictive personality that still shows up in your life? Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I always have to check myself for sure. I mean, I I can only answer this based on my experience and, you know, a lot of the stuff that I've studied. But I do feel that addictions come from a place of anxiety, which comes from a place of lack. So the more we learn to love ourselves and feel whole and feel, you know, really confident in our own skin because we love ourselves, the more the needs to numb ourselves go away with whether it's numbing ourselves with food or alcohol or whatever it is that a lot of people are addicted to. And I mean, addictions are a distraction, you know, and oftentimes, you know, we need to look at at our anxiety. Like, why are we feeling anxious that we need a drink to socialize with someone or to have a drink you know, at the end of the day, like, do we really need it? So it's like a big part of healing is learning coping mechanisms that are sustainable, you know, and learning coping mechanisms as a human being that teaches us how to deal with stress. Again, this is something that we're not taught in school. We're not taught stress management. And it's something that as children, we should be learning how to do. We're taught, you know, like it's socially acceptable to have drinks, to deal with stress and smoke weed and whatever it is. But 
I, again, I'm not religious, but is it really, is that the way God intended life for us? You know, like, I think that we need to devote more time trying to understand who we are and why we do the things we do. Yeah, distractions are such a huge thing. You know, it's so hard. And that was, in my journey, the hardest part is I always found a way to distract myself that when I went through that early process of feeling like I'm, you know, I feel like I'm three years old in a sense, because my whole life there was so much about drinking and stuff that I didn't really care about, but was in my life. Like I'm just learning now in the past three years of who I actually am as a human being, because I'm not numb in a lot of ways. And that was a very mm-hmm. difficult part for me at the start, where when I first kind of went on that personal development journey, I got mm-hmm. rid of my TV. I stopped seeing like a mm-hmm. lot of my friends. A lot of my friends at that time were living a lifestyle that I was trying to leave. So for For me, in order to move forward, I had to, Mm -hmm. it was a very lonely time, but that was Mm -hmm. necessary. You know, to be able to sit in Mm -hmm. my room, to not have to watch TV, to fall asleep even. Like that was to the extent I was living, to now, to then meditating three times a day and feeling my emotions and what's my body telling me. And like that whole process of, you realize Mm -hmm. how distracted we become as human beings. And, you know, it's literally just something to always distract us. That's keeping us from really learning the important things and Mm -hmm. It's not easy, but yeah. And distracting us from feeling. And that's like one of the chalkboards we have here is I feel to heal. And to be able to move forward and to heal in our lives, you need to be able to sit with yourself. You need to be able to feel the whole spectrum of emotions. You need to be able to feel your pain to keep Mm -hmm. progressing forward. And, you know, when we have these addictions, no matter what addiction it is, we are, it's a distraction from feeling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? So, so to wrap this up for anyone who may be listening, Mm -hmm. who may be at a point in their life that you and I can both relate to of wanting to make a shift, being at the fork in the road, maybe at that point, I feel like everyone has to get to that place. You know, the desire to change must become greater than the desire to stay the same. I think people have to reach that on their own. But when someone gets to that point in their life, mm-hmm. do you have any tips or suggestions or just anything helpful to tell this person, you know, who might be at that mm-hmm. point and wanting mm-hmm. to make a change and they feel like they're ready? What I would have told myself at that point, I'm envisioning myself, is that you don't know how good your life can be once you get really real and raw and authentic with yourself. And once you really start doing the work, The universe gives you miracles, really. And the universe gives you things beyond your wildest dreams. But you have to be willing to do the work and face yourself. And you have to be willing to do the work at really looking at yourself and figuring out where you're limiting yourself from really being truly powerful and truly loving and where you're holding yourself back. And once you're really willing to do that, because not everybody is, but when you're really willing to do that and work on yourself and work on loving yourself more, it's amazing what the universe starts to bring on your path. And you start opening up doors to so many opportunities and people and places and things, but you have to start the journey. uh, There's some emotion coming up when you say that. And the reason being, just speaking of the universe itself. And so last night I was getting prepared to start this podcast journey that I'm about to embark on. And of course, wanting you to be one of the first people I have on. And I was sitting there and I thought I should have a conversation with the listeners to just say, I'm horrible at letting people know who I am in my story. And, you know, I'm still 
vulnerable in there. And, you know, for someone to like yourself, like when I reached out to you and said, Joe, I'm an open book, whatever you want to talk about, let's do it. And the courage in that is something I'm still learning to find. But last night I just thought I should have a conversation with my people, my new homies here who are going to join me on this journey about who I am. I just spitballed it. And at the end, I got to a point and I just said it, and, I, and I've never said it before in my life, but I just, the point of this podcast of helping people or what I learned in my own journey recently of how beautiful life really can be that I had never known. And I just think there's a lot of people who may not mm-hmm. be experiencing that. And I just recently have started to see life in a way and to be living life in a way where I truly enjoy my life. You know, of course I got through life and there's Mm -hmm. been good times, but to sit back and say, I'm happy, you know, that's not something that I've always said all my life. It was like, I'm getting through it. Mm -hmm. And it was a really emotional moment Mm -hmm. last night to say that because I've never said that to myself. So to hear you say the Mm -hmm. exact same thing and then, you know, to follow it up by Mm -hmm. saying, it's funny how the universe works that, (laughs) you know, I just had this thought for the first time and you do as well. And I consider you someone who I could talk to for six hours and just learn so much from. So to hear that from you, it just Mm -hmm. reaffirms, you know, my own thoughts. And I think that's just such a powerful message for people to hear. I have all the respect in the world for you, for what you do, just to take that on is, you know, I know what you say about being a healer or not being a healer and empowering others, but I'm sure there are a lot of people who you've helped who <laughs> who would want to argue on that point. And just knowing that you really do it, you know, in this world of coaching and there's so many coaches and transformation coaches, someone who does what you do is just such a incredible, incredible thing. And whatever people are dealing with in their life, let us know how to get a hold of you, how to reach you maybe why to reach you? Like, is there something specific? If you have some, I know you're always traveling. I think you're leaving for a month or something pretty much after this episode. Uh, I'm staying self. I'm not, I'm not leaving the country. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. But yeah, let us know how we can find you, what you're up to. Give us all that good stuff. You're always the first person I reach out to in true times of needing Mm -hmm. guidance and you know, I just really want to share that gift with other people if you're, yeah, if you're willing to. Yeah, well, thank to. you for that. That's super sweet. My website is my name, gracevanberkham.com. If you want to learn more about my self-care center, it's graciouslivingoasis.com. I'm all over social media. I mean, I'm pretty active on Instagram and Facebook, and that's where you can find me. Or here in northern Nicaragua, if you want to take the visit and have a healing and cleansing, but also fun experience. I've been there and yeah, you got a few buildings on your location and it's just such an incredible experience. You're right Mm -hmm. on the ocean, you're surfing. I'll put the links if you want to send Mm -hmm. them into the show notes for the episode as well, just to make sure people can reach you. And on that note, is there anything else that you have? Yeah, I sell an immune powder that I created myself with the best ingredients from around the world that is ethically produced. And it's great for energy. It's great for your immune system. It's also great for mental stress and blood sugar. So if you could put a link there, that's great too. I'm really proud of it. I designed it a few months ago and it's been selling like hotcakes all over the world. And I'm really proud of how it's helping people better their health and their features. I do remember actually Mm -hmm. you were posting a little bit about that in the earlier stages. Is it all local ingredients? Well, I have two products. One is all local. One is all Nicaraguan ingredients, superfood ingredients. That's not being sold internationally yet because I'm still trying to figure that. But I also have an immune blend as well 
that is done with products from around the world that is organic and all natural and clean. And that one is being sold internationally. Incredible. So we'll put that in the show notes. Yeah. Anything that you recommend? Yeah. And I just want to say, if you go to my website, gracevanberkham.com, I have tons of free recipes on there, free articles. It's a great archive for people to uh, learn more about health and wellness and tons of, you know, I have recipe books that I sell there and lots of great information. Like it would literally take someone probably a few weeks to get through it all. So take a look at that. Enjoy my mailing list as well. Yes. And on your social media, I see the food that you played and it's like, you can just see the energy in that food. I can just see if I were to eat that meal, how good I would feel as opposed to like what I'm going to be eating here for for dinner tonight. (laughs) Thank you, Joe. But yeah, please reach out to Grace. She is just an incredible, kind human being. And that's what we do. Just talking to people who are passionate about what they do and life. So on that note, take care, y'all. We'll talk to you soon. Adios. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Chosen Ones. If you did, if you could leave me a five-star review, it would mean the world to me. I know life is busy, so I truly appreciate you taking the time. Please also feel free to subscribe and share. You can learn more about me at mastersoflifesociety.com, where you can also find The Chosen Ones book and podcast, as well as on my YouTube channel, Masters of Life Society where you can find the videos of these episodes as well as my social media shorts. And you can connect with me on Facebook and Instagram at Joseph Richard Powell. Thank you so much for your support. I love y'all. 